Thank you, Lundy ladies. Boy, I'm telling you what, that was awesome. Hey, man, in Christ alone. I thank the Lord for what all we have in Christ. Said, no guilt in life, no fear in death. Not because of me. Because of him. Well, I'll tell you what, how marvelous is his love. Thank you, Lundy ladies. Excellent job. Amen. Appreciate that. Well, it is good to have Brother Steve Meyer with us. We're looking forward to what he has to share with us. So we have a little presentation uh, that we're going to show. And then after the presentation, Brother, you come on and share what the Lord has laid on your heart. Y'all go ahead and play that now. Come, come to Jesus. Come, 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 come to Jesus. Come, 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 come to Jesus. Come, come. Come, 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 come to Jesus. Come, 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 come. She is on me. She is, she is, she is, she 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 is on she 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 is on she Leave all of your sins, leave all, leave all, leave all, leave all of your sins, leave all, leave all, leave all, leave all of your sins, leave all, leave all, leave all, leave all of your sins, leave all, leave all, leave all, leave all, leave all, leave
Again, my wife sends her apologies. Again, because she's South African, she couldn't fly. And, um, and then also, I do a lot of mileage. <laughs> so she can't handle the... She might go, well, with this parasite that she has that's in her body, and then um, land your fever, she goes maybe 30 miles, and it wipes her out, so... So anyway, it's better, and then also she doesn't have to worry about me bringing any germs home <laughs> when I'm out in the community. So, but again, we've been there 30 years, January 17th, 1991 when I arrived, and then my wife is from South Africa. Her family came over in the 1800s, and then she's like third or fourth generation. But um, I met her when I went on a missions trip, and then... She was nannying in England, and we met up at my home church that I got saved in the military in England. And then we got engaged, and then I went on over, and then we got married on March 21st, March 23rd, 1991. So, so missions, I, I got saved through missions to the military. I got a wife from missions, so Lord's blessed. But we started out working with the Indians from India who were brought over in the 1800s as indentured servants. Uh, but with the Group Areas Act being voted out in 1990, uh, the Africans started moving into the Indian township. Uh, before, everyone had to live in their own area, whites with whites, blacks with blacks, coloreds with coloreds, and Indians with Indians. So that was done away with, and so they started moving in the community, and so we started a ministry, not only with the English-speaking Indians, but also with the Zulu-speaking Africans. Again, one of the... Songs were translated into the Zulu language, so it was redeemed. And so, again, before you can help anybody, they got to be saved. Uh, before I could do anything for anybody, uh, I had to be saved. And so I'm just going to sing a verse of redeemed in Zulu. Changi wele nandi le lisbi, changi wele ngazi le mbana, changi you get saved, then we've got to start teaching you how to live for Jesus. And so uh, next song, we'll just sing a verse of Stand Up for Jesus, teaching them how to stand up for Jesus. And then what do we do after we prepare them to how to live for the Lord when we prepare for the next life? Yeah. And uh, the sweet by and by, again, a couple weeks ago, uh, I buried my mother. She was 92 years old and lived a long life, but she'd been bedridden for seven and a half years. And so I was very happy that the Lord took her and no more pain and no more suffering. Yeah. And I'm glad that I had 
I was able to be here when she passed. So that was just about 10 days ago. We had her funeral on, on Friday. The sweet by and by. I'm glad my hope is not in this world. Just go ahead and read John 3.16. Ngokuba unkulukulu walitanda izwe gengaka. Wazi wanikele ingidodana yaki izewe yodwa ukuba ilowo mnalowo ukowa iyo angabube. Koda abe nokopila okupakati. Again, the only way to be saved is through Jesus Christ. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Again, as I prayed and asked God, the, the message he'd have me to share while I'm here in the States. Again, uh, he led me uh, to the scripture, Ma Micah chapter 6, verse 8. Micah chapter 6, verse 8. Uh, I didn't even really think about it until as I was preaching. I said, oh, that's what uh, we sang when we were over in South Africa in 1987. And uh, someone had made a song out of that verse 8. He has shown me, he has shown me, oh man, oh man, what is good and what the Lord doth quire thee. He has shown me, he has shown me, oh man, oh man, what is good and what the Lord doth quire thee. But to do justly, but to do justly, and to love mercy, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. Three things God requires of us. And again, I just think about this verse. Do justly, love mercy, walk humbly. If we could just do those three things. Now, part of doing justly, first, you've got to be justified through the blood of Jesus Christ. Well, the word do justly is used twice in the Bible. Here in Micah chapter 6, verse 8, and then in Luke chapter 23, uh, verse 43 or 41. But do justly means in conformity to law, justice, or propriety, by right or what is right. And the offender is justly condemned. And Luke chapter 23, Luke chapter 23, we have the thieves on the cross. In verse 39, it says, and he came out. Sorry. And one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, 
save thyself and us. And when I was reading that, I was thinking about, what did that thief think about? All he was thinking about was himself. He wasn't really thinking about Jesus Christ and who he really was. All he wanted was freedom. Get me down from this cross if you be the Son of God. And again, that's how many people that come to the church, again, they come for handouts, they come for this, or they come for that. Again, a lot there in Africa. I remember I talked to a missionary in Romania, and uh, he was telling about uh, the Romanians over there. One of the pastors from America who was visiting said, uh, what can we pray for Romania? And he's, the pastor said, pray that the Russians take over Romania again. And he said, What? He said, yeah, at least under communism, we knew who was a Christian and who wasn't. See, when there's no persecution, when there's no price to pay, it's easy to be a Christian. And then people come and he says, man, we got people coming. All they care about is getting handouts, getting the stuff that they bring from America to us. And he said, back in the communist, you didn't, profess Christ unless you meant business because you're going to pay a price. Uh, today, people don't want to suffer. Uh, my life verse was 1 Peter 2.21, for even here and where you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. Again, when we follow Christ and put him first, again, you can mark it down, there's going to be some suffering. But people don't like to hear that message. They went, oh no, I want prosperity, not suffering. But Jesus was the example. He suffered while he was on this earth. But again, and he showed us how to do it. And he said, no, don't be afraid. I'll be with you through it all. And again, the Lord's allowed a lot of things to happen, especially with my wife, with their health, almost from the beginning. But again, God has been faithful during all that time. And sometimes I feel him asking me, like, all right, are you going to still serve me? Are you going to give up? And quit. Because nine out of ten missionaries quit. Yeah. Uh, when I left to go to the field, the average age for a missionary was over 70 years old. Wow. Yeah, I'll bet you it probably hasn't changed much. It might even be higher now. Why? Because when you go and give your life to Christ to serve him, it comes at a cost. Yeah. And people don't like that cost. When I... Surrendered to preach the gospel in October 1984. We'd had a missionary speak at our church. He said 95% of all Christian workers are in America working with 5% of the world's population, leaving 5% of all other Christian workers to work with 95% of the world. And so when God called me to preach, I said, Lord, help me to go to those 95%. And then... I read a book called Battle for Africa, written by Brother Andrew, who wrote God's Smuggler and uh, many other books. But again, he had wrote a book called Battle for Africa. And when I was reading about South Africa, the Lord tugged in my heart, that's where I want you to go. And I was able to go over there in 1987 on a missions trip. And then uh, that's where I met my wife. She was in one of the churches. And then we ended up getting married three years later. But again... This man said all he cared about was getting off that cross. In verse 40 it says, But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? The other thief, he recognized, Hey, we deserve what we're getting. 
He said, we indeed justly, there's our word, for we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man had done nothing amiss. That thief, he was expecting to die that day and spend eternity in hell forever and ever. But there was Christ, and he said, no, he didn't do anything. He didn't deserve to be up here. Why is it so hard to do right? Because of our sin nature. Our sin nature wants to do what is wrong, but the Holy Spirit wants us to do what is right. And again, the challenge for us is which one will you obey? The thing I share with our people over there, I said, when you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside. But you remember, that old nature is still there. Every time I come back, another person's fallen by the wayside. Another person's fallen by the wayside. Why? Because the devil's going to go after you. People are trying to do something for God. That's why you need to pray for your pastor, uh, your youth pastor. You need to pray uh, for your missionaries. Why? That God will protect them and keep them uh, from the evil one. But over and over again, again, my, unfortunately, my, my home church, my pastor fell in this. Right before I came back. And again, it's devastating, but I thank God they, they did what's right. And he resigned, um, and there was a person that had come and got saved about three months earlier who was a former Catholic. He pitched up that day for church, and then uh, he saw this whole thing and where the pastor came up, and he said, uh, by the church constitution, I have to put in my resignation, and I'm resigning today. And then uh, this guy came up after the service and said, I want to join the church. He said, what? <laughs> yeah, I want to join the church. He says, Wow, I'm sorry you had to come on such a bad day. And he said, no, I, I really enjoyed it. He said, what? He said, yeah, uh, in my Catholic diocese, we had uh, some priests doing the wrong things, and they just covered it up. He said, at least I, I'm glad I saw you guys deal with it. And I just thought, look how God just works it out. That day that man came to church was that day that they did the right thing. And that's a whole key in our life, putting God first. But this man said, we indeed justly, we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man had done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into the kingdom. And then he heard the, the sweetest words anybody could ever hear. Jesus said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Hallelujah! Amen! Hey, if we can't get excited about that, what's going to get you excited? <laughs> Today thou wilt be with me in paradise. That man was on that cross expecting to break and burn, split hell wide open. But literally, he know he's going to get saved. And now he's going to wake up in eternity with Christ. Hallelujah. Oh, what a blessing for that man that day. And again, that's why we always need to be ready. Jesus didn't stop being a minister even when he was on the cross. And whatever God's allowing you and I to go through, again, that's an opportunity for us to glorify his name. Amen. So many times uh, something happens or in the hospital, this or that. Uh, again, what are you doing? Are you complaining? Are you praising? Oh, why would God allow me to go and be in this hospital and have this cancer, have this or have that? 
I'm afraid. The Bible says all things work together for good. Last year, I was I involved in an organization. That we got a park five minutes from my house by cars, five kilometers, three miles. Anyway, I go out and do anti-poaching patrols. And during the COVID, I went out there and I found a wildebeest caught in a snare. And so I untied two places, and then the third one was right by him, and he was running back and forth. And I said, well, I can't. So I ran down to the road and flagged someone down. I said, you got a machete? And they said, yeah. So I got that machete, went back, I hacked it, freed him. I'd done it the year before with another one, and he had just taken off running. So I, I was just minding my own business. He was over there. But looking on my phone, probably shouldn't have been doing that. I looked up, next thing, that thing was running right at me. Uh -oh. I said, what? Is that how you're going to thank me? And he bent his head down, and he came right to disembowel me. So I turned just like that, and he hit me, put a hole in my leg, and then walked away, ran away. But again, it wasn't my time. Yeah. And that's Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. It's appointed unto men once to die and after this judgment. And again, the whole key, key thing about life is again preparing for death. And that's a tragedy that's happened in the church in Africa, all over the world. Again, how people who are naming the name of Christ, how they're living their lives. Right. What is the first thing he requires us? Do justice. We need to be saved and we need to be living right. Amen. The tragedy was uh, most times I got ripped off over there in South Africa. It wasn't by Hindus or Muslims. It was by people who called themselves Christians. That You put a blight on the Lord's name. And that's why we need to remember, hey, if you got a business or you're working for somebody, hey, you represent, you're an ambassador for Jesus Christ. And so maybe they're not treating you right. Find another job, but ask God, help me to do, do right until I find another job. Why? Because, again, you're representing the Lord. Who knows, the Lord's put you there maybe to bring that person to Christ or get them right with God if they profess to be saved. But again, he wants us to do right, to do justly. And then the second thing he wants us to do is to love mercy. Amen. I remember when I first got saved, again, I was always ready, even when I'm Bible college, again, ready to put someone, stone them to death. You know, they, they, they've done wrong. Yeah. No, we need, what did Jesus, when they brought the woman caught in adultery? They said, hey, the law says she needs to be stoned. Then he finally answers, well, he's without sin, cast the first stone. And from the eldest and the youngest, they walked away. Then he turned to the, the woman and said, where's thine accusers? Are there any around? There's none, Lord. He says, neither do I condemn thee, but go and sin no more. Oh, again, we need to ask God help us to be faithful and, and showing mercy and love. Again, it's like my people, again, 95% of my people in my Zulu church are born out of wedlock. We got 40% unemployment in our country. Uh, a lot of poverty. And uh, last year with the pandemic and stuff, I ended up... Uh, Passing out hot dogs every day. 
50 hot dogs and chips uh, for those children because uh, trying to help them that don't have any food to eat. Again, over here in America, it's, uh, I wonder what I'm going to eat tonight. Over there, it's, I wonder if I'm going to have anything to eat. That's a little bit different, isn't it? I wonder if I'm going to have anything to eat tonight. But again, we need to show mercy. And again, I tell him, I said, I don't, I'm, I'm disappointed that you allowed yourself to get into that place and get pregnant. But I said, I'm going to love you just like the Lord loves you. And I'm going to love that baby, too. And I've ended up, I've got adopted a lot of children. I'm their daddy because they don't have, see the dad. A lot of them come and follow say, I don't even know who my daddy is. But I take them out, try and show them some fatherly love, try and tell them about the Lord and, and get them saved and say, no, the only way to go, you need to break the cycle, break the chain. Don't follow your parents. Yeah. Amen. There was a 48-year-old woman. She was a great-great-great-grandmother. Do the math. Having babies 12 years old, 13, over and over and over again. And again, trying to share this with people. No, give your heart to Christ and ask God, help me to do right and help me to break the cycle that I've been born in. But the only way we can do that, share the gospel, get them under the word, disciple them. But breaks my heart because, again, that child didn't do anything wrong. What the parents would do if they get pregnant, then they won't let them come to church. I said, why do you do that for? Because they like to go to church. I said, well, the only way they're going to change is maybe one service they're at the church. And if you're keeping them at home, again, God can get a hold of their heart. And maybe I I remember... uh, November 1st, 1981. I got saved on September 18, 1981. A guy asked me, if you died, do you know where you'd spend eternity? I didn't know. And then he went through the plan. He shared Christ to me. But again, what, a, what was the first thing I had after I got saved? A cigarette. I said, man, I really did something big today. But that was a part of my life. I grew up in church. Everybody did it. But I started going to church, a Baptist church, started by a missionary uh, to the military, and started hearing the word of God. And then on November 1st, 1981, one of the scriptures the man, uh, the pastor preached on was 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Be not deceived, evil communications, corrupt good manners. Again, he just hit me right in the between the eyes. Steve, if you're going to live for God, you got to quit hanging around the wrong people. Quit watching the wrong things on TV. Quit listening to the wrong kind of music. Don't be deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. I always used to stop there. But you go on to verse 34. It says, and some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. The reason why people aren't hearing what you're saying is because they're not seeing you living the life. Oh, I remember this Bible study with three chairs. People who knew God and were serving God, and then people who know God, and then they know not God. By the third generation, people don't know God anymore. Why? But it goes back. 
it's important you got to mentor. That's why in my family, when I had children, again, we got up, they had to be at school at 7 o'clock in the morning. And I was a, I'm a late night person, but I had to learn to get up early. Yeah. I got up at 5 o'clock, we had a cup of tea, and then we got around the Word, and we prayed, and that's what we did. And then as my kids got older, I said, not only are we going to have time and word with the family, but you got to have time on your own. Because yeah. one day you're going to leave my house, and you're not going to have mom and dad anymore. And both my kids left home at 18. One went to Florida, one went to California. And they both went to school, but praise God, they never did anything that broke my heart. When I went to their graduation, I had people saying, oh, I wish I had kids like yours. I thought, What? How can you say something like that about me? When I was in school, in grade eight, my teacher said, do a book report on what you want to do when you grow up. So I said, okay. I love the mafia. So I did a book report on being a hitman when I grow up. So. As I was doing my book report about what I want to be when I grow up, my teacher was slowly going underneath the table, the desk. And said, what? What have I done? I've got a serial killer in my class. <laughs> but again, God changed me. And that's what, when we give someone the gospel and they really get saved, he's in the life-changing business. When I was in grade 12, I had a psychology teacher. She was kind of on the left side. But she said, all right, I know you've always want to be somebody special in society. She said, maybe the president or, or this or that, sports star. Whatever you want, I'll call you while you're in my class. So she was going around the class, and then someone dared me. So when they got, oh, Steve, all right, what would you like to be called during the semester? I said, Manson Myers. <laughs> She said, what? I said, Manson Myers. She said, okay. <laughs> but during class, she come by, she said, Steve, I, I, I hate to, uh, Manson, I hate to tell you, but I get bad vibes from you. <laughs> but again, that's what I see, the grace of God. But here, I mean, I, it was a joke. I didn't really want to be a mass murderer, but, but God changed me and saved me. Uh, my, my nickname in school was Crazy Man Myers. <laughs> Dare me, and I'll do it. But again, my class, they didn't think I was going to make it to 20 years old. That, they figured I'd be dead. But again, I joined the Air Force after a year and a half of university, got stationed overseas. God saved me, changed my life. And they said, I went from my 40 school year high school reunion. They said, Steve, we're glad to see you. You're alive still, and you're, and you're a missionary. I mean, if anybody would ask anybody in my school, what do you think Steve's going to be when he grows up? We don't even want to think about it. <laughs> but again, he changed me, and he taught me about love and mercy. And then the third thing he wants, requires of us to walk humbly. And what's the opposite of humility? Pride. I just think about Satan and Satan, his whole thing when he, he accused God's bragging to Satan about Job. Have you seen my servant Job? And he said, well, look what you gave him. 
And I'm thinking, Satan, are you listening to what you just said to God? Look what God gave you. And it wasn't good enough. And now you're saying, well, the only reason Job is serving you is because of everything you gave him. And God said, all right, you can go ahead and take that away, but don't touch his eye. Came down, took it all away, just like that. He said, let's not, naked came out of the world, naked not go out of the world, blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. And then again he comes up, says, hey, have you seen my servant Job? He says, well, look at all that good health that you've given and then he said, all right, you can do whatever you want, but don't take his life. Went down and gave him boils, and that's a horrible thing. In our church on a Father's Day, we had a guy from Tennessee come out and preach at our church. He was an ex-Navy guy, got saved in the Navy when he was stationed in Italy. Uh, he could barely talk English, but they, let, they were desperate, and they let him in. But when he grew up in West Virginia in the mountains, and uh, his mama died, and his dad remarried. And the new mama said, I'm not having that boy in my house. And so he grew up in the shed, in the, in the yard. And you know how cold it gets in West Virginia in the winter. Yeah. Where he, he didn't get to go to the house. He couldn't even take a bath in the house. They bring the food out to him. So anyway, it got so cold in the wintertime, the, the river froze up, he couldn't bath. So he got boils all over his body. So when he went to school, the social worker came back home with, said, hey, you got to give this boy a scrub. But the thing about this, this man, though, is he said he still loved his daddy. Amen. Even though he allowed his wife, new wife to leave him out in the shed. And he said he went in the Navy, came back. When he was coming back, he was all proud. Look at my uniform. Oh, I'm so proud of you, son. And then when they got to the house, he was going to the, the coal shed. He said, oh, you don't have to sleep there. You can sleep in the house. Amen. And he said he was so happy. And my best friend, we were sitting next to each other. His mom had been married three times, all drunkards. The last one to beat on him and put a knife to his stomach when he was 16 years old and told him to get out. I'll kill you. And so he had some animosity and hatred toward that, that stepfather. But... After he heard that preacher preach and still loved his daddy, he said, man, how can I hold bitterness towards my... Yeah. So he called him up and told him, I love you, even though all those horrible yeah. things you did to me. And he ended up leading his stepdad to Christ. Yeah. Hey, he showed mercy. He loved. He showed how to love. Uh, and again, pride. Pride was, oh, he, that daddy, he, he deserves to get the worst of life. But no, when God got a hold of his heart, he said, no. Jesus even loves the unlovable. Yeah, amen. Uh, the challenge to you tonight again, do justice, love mercy, walk humbly. Where are you at in your walk with God? With every head bowed and every eye closed, what about you tonight? I know most people Sunday night be saved, but maybe there's someone here tonight you never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, you'd raise your hand, Brother Myers, pray for me. I've never been saved, but I'm concerned about it. Is there anybody like that tonight? Brother Myers, I know I'm not saved, but I know I need to be. Would you pray for me? Is there anybody like that? Maybe you're here tonight and you say, Brother Myers, I know I'm saved. 
But I never followed the Lord in baptism, and I know I need to do that. That's the next step of obedience. And you'd raise your hand, pray for me. I've been saved, but I never followed the Lord in baptism. You'd raise your hand, pray for me, uh, that I might follow the Lord in baptism. Is there anybody like that tonight? You've been saved, but you never followed the Lord in baptism. Maybe you're here tonight, you say, Brother Myers, I'm saved. I've been baptized, but there's some things in my life that God has spoken to my heart about, and I need to get those things right with him. And you'd raise your hand, pray for me, that I might get those things right. Is there anybody like that? Anybody at all? I know it's, it takes a lot to raise your hand and admit, hey, I got some things I need to change in my life. Anybody at all? Dear Father, we thank you again for all that you do for us, and I thank you for your love and grace that you show us every day. Lord, help us to do justly. Lord, I thank you that everyone here professes to be saved, and so I pray that you just be with them and help them, and they've followed the Lord in baptism, so that you would just help each one here tonight to just follow and honor and please you. And Lord, again, we can only do it with your help. And Lord, we'll just thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. I just want to close with one song, verse of a song. It's my favorite Zulu song. It's called Kanye Nawe and Kosiyami. Kanye Nawe means together with you. And then Kosiyami, Lord my. Again, they say a lot of things back to front. But Kanye Nawe and Kosiyami, together with you, my Lord. And that's the only way you and I can live the kind of life that we need to live is with his help every day. So just think of that. Kanye now in Kosiyami, together with you, my Lord. And then Namcha in Giyakutsa Umoya means now that I'm born of your spirit. Now when you get saved, the Holy Spirit's inside us. We have the power to live a life that's pleasing to God. But the key is we got to yield to that power. And that's, that's the struggle that we have within us. Is that sometimes we don't want to listen to the Spirit. We want to obey the flesh. And then we find ourselves in all kinds of trouble and doing things, well, I, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I said that. And again, if we don't yield to that spirit. Nam Shangiya Mutsumoya Kutandaza enjoyed that. Amen. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly before thy God. And boy, I'm telling you, brother, you can sing. I'm telling you what. I, I didn't understand the words, but I enjoyed the singing. Amen. But, uh, definitely enjoyed Brother Myers being with us. Thank you for coming, brother. It was wonderful to watch the video, see all that God is doing. Brother Myers was telling me before the service that a lot of what we were seeing in the video was a vacation Bible school that they had. And you said over 160 children accepted Christ during that vacation Bible school. Amen. Praise the Lord for the work that God is allowing him to do. Thank the Lord that he's allowed us 
to partner with him. So after the service, be sure to come by and take a look at his table and let him know that you're praying for him. And it's uh, been good to be in the Lord's house. We're going to pray and be dismissed. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for Brother Myers. And, Lord, the work that you have called him to do. And, Lord, thank you for his faithfulness. Lord, over 30 years, faithfully serving you. And, Lord, we see the fruit of the labor. And, Father, we thank you for him. Father, I pray that you will just bless and be with him, be with his ministry. I pray, dear Lord, you'll be with his wife and with his family. And Father, Lord, I pray that you will just work in their lives and help them. Father, I pray. Help us, Lord, to be the support that we ought to be here in the estates. Oh, Lord, as we support him and lift him up, Lord, as he carries the gospel around the world. Thank you for this opportunity to be in your house, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You are.